0: Hello, welcome to the Lansing Area Church of Christ's weekly message podcast. If you'd like to learn more about LACC, please visit us online at lansingchurch.org. Today's sermon from Joel Nagel kicks off this month's All In series and is called ASA, The Secret to Success. Thank you so much, Lars. Yeah, so awesome. I'm super encouraged by that message and personalizing the book of Judges. Uh, that's fantastic stuff. Amen. Uh, we're actually going to spend a lot of time this month in the Old Testament, so that was right on uh, with the Spirit as well. Um, as we move into a new series, um, we started the year with greater vision, and now we're going all in. Uh, and it makes sense uh, to start with vision, um, and uh, because I think that going all in takes so much vision. If you can't see the big picture that God has for the world and for your life, then there's no way you're going to have the faith that it takes to go all in for God. Um, and so we're going to spend this month talking about this this idea, which is such a biblical idea, um, which if you don't get that by the end of the month, then I have done a bad job. So um, Today's message is called uh, All In, The Secret to Success. And we're going to look at uh, a king in the Bible that we probably don't think of very often, uh, King Asa, who really had an amazing life. Uh, But we're going to look at him and we're going to look at what the secret to success is. And everybody wants to know the secret to success. You could write a book filled with garbage and call it The Secret to Success and it will probably be a pretty successful book because people want to know, how do I find success? I don't think people even know what success even is. Uh, we'll look at that as well. All right, so all in, uh, our theme for the month, it's an interesting phrase. Uh, this guy, he's, he's, a, he's thinking, should I go all in or not? Look at his face. Like that's not, we, that's not how we want to feel. Maybe you came into church this morning feeling like that. I don't know about going all in. Uh, all in, it's not really a, a church word, although it's such a biblical concept. It comes from the world of gambling. And this, this church is an old Baptist church, and it probably uh, people who used to worship here would be like, are we talking about poker in church? What is happening? Uh, but to go all in, you know, it means to risk it all. You're gonna, You're going to risk everything. Put everything you have on the line with the hope of winning big. I think it's easy for us to see the parallels with Christ's call for us to follow him, to give up everything, to take up our cross. But there's a big difference in Christ's call to go all in and whatever this guy's thinking about doing. For us, going all in with God, it's not a gamble. Jesus calls us to give up everything, and that's actually the safest play you could ever make With your life, now it might involve some scary decisions, some big commitments, maybe even some backlash. But giving our all to God is not a gamble. You end up winning every time and for all time. Amen. You know, I think we know this in our heads. If if you've read the Bible, if you've made a commitment that Jesus would be the Lord of your life, then you know this. But actually going all in. Day by day, it's still really tough. And so I know this, sermon of series, or this series of sermons is going to help us to be bold in our faith and to see the prize that God has waiting for those who are willing to give their all to him. Amen? Um, success. You know, even in the world, we know the, we know the people who go all in, are the ones who find success. We know their names, like Elon Musk, or however you say his name. Um, He didn't become the world's richest man, sending cars into space, upending industries right and left by playing it safe. No one's like, oh yeah, he's known for being cautious. That is not what he's doing. Um, Tom Brady, and so, and I'm sorry, Laura, to mention, even mention Tom Brady's name in this church, uh, but I know that we have some Michigan fans who haven't repented yet here, so this is for you. Um, you know, he, he just retired um, after winning more Super Bowls than any team has ever won. That's crazy. Individually, he's got more than any whole team. Um, and then, and he you know, put it out on Instagram, and his retirement post um, began like this. This is a quote from him. I've always believed the sport of football is an all-in proposition. It's like he was helping us with sermon illustrations. Um, if w- he said, if 100% competitive commitment isn't there, you won't succeed. And that's from the GOAT um, in football, who unfortunately is also Wolverine. Um, okay, the, the, rumor, the rumor with Brady, by the way, is that he's now going to pursue acting. And I hope that he changes his mind on that or goes all in because he's not the goat when it comes to act, acting. There's a lot of work to do there. He's really terrible. Anyway, um, I want you to think of the people that you know who have achieved success. Maybe you even consider yourself to be one of those people. Amen. The people that we know who've achieved success, they went all in, they gave 100%. There was sacrifice. And so often when people go all in for things that aren't God, for something that ultimately won't matter, that 100%, that sacrifice ends up costing them dearly. And so we're going to start our series by looking at the secret to true success with this biblical character, King Asa. Last, uh, last month in our Greater Vision series, we had so many scriptures. It was like, it was like a scripture blast every week. This month, we're going to do something different. We're going to really dive into some passages. And so turn to 2 Chronicles if you need to do it on your phone. I'd love for everyone to read along with me. This is in the English Standard Version. If you can pull that up. If not, that's okay. If you need a Bible, we've got Bibles up here. You can just take them. You get them. They're free. They're for you. Um, and uh, and then if you remember next week to bring your Bibles, if you don't like your actual Bible. I know that's weird. An actual book, what, with paper? Yes, yes. Um, Let's do that uh, this month, amen? All right. right. Second Chronicles chapter 14 is where we're going to hang out. This is what the Bible says about King Asa. It says, Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa, his son, reigned in his place. In his days, the land had rest for 10 years. And Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. He took away the foreign altars and the high places and broke down the pillars and cut down the asherim and commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, and to keep the law and the commandment. He also took out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the incense altars and the kingdom had rest under him. He built fortified cities in Judah for the land had rest. He had no war in those years and the Lord gave him peace. And the Lord said to Judah, let us build these, or, sorry, the Lord, and the Lord, and he said to Judah, let us build these cities and surround them with walls and towers, gates and bars. The land is still ours because we have sought the Lord, our God. We have sought him and he has given us peace on every side. So they built And prospered, and Asa had an army of three hundred thousand from Judah, armed with large shields and spears, and two hundred and eighty thousand men from Benjamin that carried shields and drew bows. All these were mighty men of valor. That's a pretty awesome start to to Asa's reign. Uh, The word rest and the word peace, and we'll see this more rest on all sides. There's peace. They're building up. There's because there's peace, they can build and have prosperity. That army is huge, 580,000 soldiers. And Judah and Benjamin, that is a small territory. That's pretty amazing, okay? There's more. Uh, so they've got this 10 years of rest. They're building stuff up. And then it says, Zerah the Ethiopian came out against them with an army of a million men and 300 chariots. Those are like tanks back then. Um, so 580,000, that's a big army. A million well, that's a million. That's really big. Uh, and they came as far as Mereshah. And Asa went out to meet him. And they drew up their, their lines of battle in the valley of Zaphatha at Mereshah. And Asa cried to the Lord his God, O Lord, there is none like you to help between the mighty and the weak. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you. And in your name we have come against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Let not man prevail against you. So the Lord defeated the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. Asa and the people who were with him pursued them as far as Gerar, and the Ethiopians fell until none remained alive, for they were broken before the Lord and his army. The men of Judah carried away very much spoil, and they attacked all the cities around Gerar, for the fear of the Lord was upon them. They plundered all the cities, for there was much. Plunder in them. And they struck down the tents of those who had livestock and carried away the sheep in abundance, camels, they returned, then they returned to Jerusalem. So it's a huge victory um, as Asa relies on God. So let's talk about the practice of being all in. Um, Asa is considered one of the good kings. If you read through 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, there are, by my count, a total of five good kings. The kingdom of Israel is divided between Judah in the south, which is where King Asa was a king, and Israel, the ten tribes in the north. The five good kings all come from Judah in the south. The north never had one good king, according to the scriptures. And Asa is one of the five good kings. Why is he considered a good king? Well, it says that he did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord. What did, what did he do that was good and right? A lot of action. He took away the foreign altars. He broke down the worship pillars. He cut down the Asherah poles. He commanded the people to seek the Lord and keep the law. He built up the cities to make Israel stronger. And then when when trouble eventually came, he seeks God with this super humble prayer. He was courageous going out to war when necessary. Asa was a man of action. I want to look more closely here at this at this battle. So there's 10 years of peace. And it's like, okay, anybody can be a good king when there's 10 years of peace. Am I right? We don't know anything about being a king. Anyway, uh, <laughs> who knows? But it, it's awesome they did that. But then this million-man army, Zara and the Ethiopians. It sounds like an indie band, doesn't it? Zerah and the Ethiopians. Um, they, they show up, and what do you do? Now, he didn't ask for this conflict. He wasn't searching for it. But there it is on the doorstep of Judah, this huge army. The odds are not good. When Jesus tells a parable in the, in the New Testament about kings going to war, he uses these same odds. He says, if you have a king with 20,000 going up against 10,000, what should the king with half as many soldiers do? He should surrender right away. There's no chance. And that's what we have here. This is like David and Goliath. This is Gideon in the, in the Midianites. This is one of the greatest upsets in all of the Bible. What is Asa going to do? His response reveals to us what it means to be all in for God. He does two things. First of all, he's personally engaged in what God is doing. It says in verse 10, we read this, that Asa went out to meet him, to meet Zerah. He was the king. He could have stayed home in the palace and sent the army and the commanders. He had just fortified these cities. He could have waited for the battle to get to those fortified cities. But he goes out and he takes action. Success is not an accident. Success does not come from being passive and waiting. We have to go out and meet our challenges, we have to take action. I want to ask this question Are you personally engaged? When it comes to your relationship with God, your faith, are you personally engaged? I know it's been tough. It's been tough to be personally engaged. We've had all kinds of reasons to stay on the sidelines, to stay home, to value safety over even the slightest risk. You know, for our family, uh, we had uh, COVID in our household just before the holidays. Then the holidays, which is just all the things. Then uh, Beth had surgery she's doing great recovering uh, just after the holidays and so it kind of feels like we've just been in this holding pattern uh, since since well before christmas and 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 you know that's where we'll stay if we don't decide to personally get reengaged if we don't get back in the fight. We all have decisions that we have to make when. Will you be fully re-engaged with God, with the church, with your relationships? When will you be fully back if you're not back already? Or will you stay in that holding pattern until you run out of fuel or run out of faith? We're still facing many challenges. I don't want to downplay any of that. A mighty army. But we have to stand up and meet those challenges you're personally engaging them. Amen? That's the first thing he does. And the second thing he does in verses 11 and 12 is he prays. And this is this is one of the, the greatest prayers, I think, in all of Scripture. Um, but Asa is kind of a lesser-known guy, so we don't think about this. But listen to this prayer again. He says, Oh Lord, there is no, there is none like you to help between the mighty and the weak. Help us, O oh Lord our God, for we rely on you. And in your name, We have come against this multitude. Oh, Lord, you are our God. Let not man prevail against you. That's amazing. It's a great prayer. It's simple. It's so humble. It's full of reliance and trust. He's almost challenging God's character. Like, you, you know, you can't let man win. Are we praying? You know, you don't have to have uh, some eloquent, Eloquent prayer. You don't have to have like a special prayer language. Sometimes people are just talking like we're talking normal, and then we decide to pray, and then it's like the King James just broke out. Like what what, what happened? We can just talk to God. You don't have to know all the right words. There aren't any. But you have to pray every day. Because prayer puts us in the right spot, in a place where we could find success. Man, can you imagine if Asa hadn't prayed and went up against a million soldiers? be a very different story in the Bible. And we're up against big armies, big odds ourselves. Prayer is the key. It helps us to be humble, to stay reliant, to remember that no matter how big of a thing we face, we've got an even bigger God when we pray, amen? So Asa shows us, you're like, what is the secret to success? It's not in some book on the Amazon self-help list. It's this. Um, it's personal engagement and reliant take action, and let one of the parts of that action be praying to God. Any decision to go all in for God starts with these two things. You have to act, and your greatest act is humble prayer. I want to show you this by um, looking at a few passages in the next chapter. So as we continue in Asa's life, uh, this is what we see happens next. It says, uh, so they win this big battle, and it says, The Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he'll be found by you, but if you forsake him, he will forsake you. And that's really the principle of, of success, The the principle of 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 being all in, is that if you go all in with God, he's already all in with you. But when we hold back, we're missing some God in our lives. And it's not on him. He went all in. Laura described that so beautifully. He went all in on the cross for each of us. He's our savior. We're the ones that hold back. Later on, it says um, in verses seven through nine, but you take courage. Do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. As soon as Asa heard these words, the prophecy of Azariah, the son of Oded, he took courage and put away. So at the end of this prophecy, um, he, he does it. He ta- again, he takes personal action. He's engaged. He puts away the detestable idols from all the land of Judah and Benjamin and from the cities that he had taken in the hill country of Ephraim. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was in front of the vestibule of the house of the Lord. And he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and those from Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin, uh, and Simeon who were residing with them for for great numbers had deserted to him from Israel when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. And so Asa's starting to have success. And I'll show you a map. I don't know if it'll be helpful or not. Uh, somebody needs to make like good Bible maps. It's, it's so hard. Um, I tried to, to doctor this one up so it could kind of make sense. But um But there's a lot of geopolitical stuff going on here and one thing is as i said that the kingdom is divided asa's in the south with judah and benjamin and the north has these ten kingdoms asa's is is finding so much success because he's relying on god and he's personally engaged that people are defecting from israel they're moving in droves down into judah that's all these places but they're bringing their false god worship with them and so asa's like no if we're going to be successful we got to help these people too to not have these idols in their lives. That's what's happening here. That's, he's really being successful. It's super awesome. It's like evangelizing. Um, whoa, I don't know what just happened there. Um, if you can find the next scripture, that'd be awesome, Stephanie. Um, that's not PowerPoint success. Anyway, um, the next one in Second Chronicles 15, uh, 19, um, this is how chapter 15 ends. It says, so after all this, that, that, that first battle with the Ethiopians was 10 years into his reign. And then it says, uh, because he's, he's holding on to the principle of being all in, there was no more war until the 35th year of the reign of Asa. No more, that, that's what happened. Isn't that amazing? And so I think these passages kind of lay out the doctrine of going all in. What happens when we go all in? But I think there's an encouragement and there's a warning with this. If you go all in, With God, he's going all in with you. If you hold back, you'll miss out. Our success, our true success, hinges on us seeking God and remaining reliant, continually re-engaging and praying to be reliant on him and not ourselves. If you pursue God, it gets better. You get what you put into your walk with him. Um, I think one thing for us to realize is that our relationship with God is dynamic. It changes over the years. You change over the years, and so as you change, as our life circumstances change, the world changes around us. Um, you know, we make the commitment that Jesus will be Lord, but we've got to keep making that commitment as the world changes around us, as we change. Um, I want to share this. I think back. There we go. Um, thank you for helping with that, Stephanie. Uh, What's the, what's the, how do we know if we're being successful? Have you ever thought about this, that peace is the true measure of success? Peace breaks through all socioeconomic whatever. Anybody can have peace anytime. When we go in with God, we receive so much peace. And I really think that's what success really is. Not how much money you make, not how big your house is, The real measure of success is peace. When people went all in for God, they experienced peace. Here's the thing. We live in a world of chaos. In Israel, they had peace, and then an Ethiopian army shows up. But true peace in our hearts is possible no matter what is going going on around us. That's success that God can give, peace that passes understanding. That's what Paul talks about. Jesus says, I give you my peace. When we're not at peace, like no matter what's going on, I'm not saying that when our, our lives are never going to be fully peaceful, okay? But when we're not at peace, we should question our success. Maybe I'm not as successful as I think, because my heart is jacked up. There's no peace. I think it's really, you heard how much... It talks about rest and peace and God giving this because Asa was all in. And now we're going to see what happens later in Asa's life that will reinforce this. After years and years of peace in his life, Asa starts to forget the secret of success. The first thing that leaves is peace. So let's talk about the penalty. Last, last thing here, the penalty of not being um, and you can, kind of, you can read along, you can look at this map. Um, this is the map that I tried to make better, but I don't know. Um, uh, but uh, I'll explain it as, as I read here. But we're going to read chapter 16 of Second Chronicles. It says, In the 36th year of the reign of Asa, Basha king of Israel went up against Judah and built Ramah, that he might permit no one to go out or come in to Asa king of Judah. Okay, so what's happening here is in the middle there, those by, by the word Basha, those circled cities, those are like, um, or actually, sorry, the ones down by the star, okay? Down by the star, the circle at the bottom. Those are border cities. And as I said, people are flooding down from Israel into this, the most southern, the purple kingdom there, and they're leaving. And so Basha, the king of Israel, is like, we got to stop this. So he fortifies this city to stop the migration from happening. Okay, that's his, that's his plan, all right? He could have like, decided to be a better king, but he's like, no, we're just gonna, we're gonna make a border city and keep people from leaving. So here's what Asa does. It says, then Asa took silver and gold from the treasures of the house of the Lord and the king's house and sent them to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, who lived in Damascus. And so that's the up north yellow one there where the arrow's pointing to Damascus, Ben-Hadad. So Asa's like, okay, I know how to fix this. If we can get Syria to attack uh, the northern side, they won't be able to build up their city in the south anymore. It's like geopolitical wizardry going on, okay? Um, and so that's, that's what he does. And he sends this message. There's a covenant between me and you, uh, as there was between my father and your father. Behold, I'm sending to you silver and gold. Go break your covenant with Basha, king of Israel, that he may withdraw from me. And Ben-Hadad listened to King Asa and sent the commanders of his armies against the cities of Israel, and they conquered Ijon, Dan, Abel Maim, and all the store cities of Naphtali. And when Basha heard of it, he stopped building Ramah and let his work cease. So there it worked. Then King Asa took all Judah and they carried away the stones of Ramah and its timber with which Basha had been building, and with them he built up Geba and Mizpah. So Basha has to stop building his border city. Asa takes the stones that he was building with and builds up two of his own border cities right there in the same area. Okay, that all sounds like pretty good stuff, right? Then it says this, at that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, because you relied on the king of Syria and did not rely on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Syria has escaped you. Were not the Ethiopians and the Libyans a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he gave them into your hand. He's like, remember the secret of your success? For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. You have done foolishly in this, for from now on you will have wars. No peace. Wars. Then Asa was angry with the seer and put him in the stocks in prison, For he was in a rage with him because of this, and Asa inflicted cruelties upon some of the people um, at that time. The acts of Asa from first to last are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. In the 39th year of the reign, uh, in his reign, Asa was diseased in his feet, and his disease became severe. Yet even in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but sought help from physicians. And as Asa slept with his fathers, dying in the 41st year of his reign, uh, and that's what happened, and then they buried him in the tomb that he had cut for himself in the city of David. They laid him on a bier that had been filled with various kinds of spices prepared by the perfumer's art, and they made a very great fire in his honor. So you get a little glimpse into the, the death ritual surrounding kings—kind of cool stuff um, if you're into history. Okay, um, that's a sad ending. The story—it started so good. And it, it's like a foot disease, and he, and he dies, and he's being mean to people, and he doesn't rely on God anymore, and he's to- ah, like, Asa, come on. We would have, like, more than a few people in church would have heard of you before this lesson if you had, if you had a better ending. What's going on? Asa forgot the secret of his success from 25 years earlier. So what do we see? He doesn't personally engage. He's he's like, well, we got money in the temple. Send that money up north. Uh, Maybe he knew Israel better. Maybe he forgot the keys because it was so far in his past. Um, You know, I want to speak to the older Christians that are here. There's a real tendency to rely on experience instead of God as we get older in Christ. And here's the thing. Those experiences are valuable, and we should Definitely remember that the lessons God's taught us in the past and the way that he helped us to handle things in the past. But the main way he helped us handle things in the past was by relying on him. And so we still have to do that first and then bring all that wisdom and experience in. That makes such a difference, amen? Self-reliance, no matter how awesome yourself is, is not the key to success. He, send, he doesn't personally engage and he doesn't pray. And, and the the seer, Hanani, calls him out. and He's like, you didn't pray. You didn't go to God. There's no, there's no great humble prayer in this instance. We don't get to read about how awesome his next prayer was. There wasn't one. Instead, he seeks a political solution, a financial solution, even a relational solution. He's like, hey, our dads were buddies. Let's do this thing together. He doesn't go all in. And here's the thing. His solution works. And there's all kinds of solutions that can Work. The threat is mitigated. But this prophet comes through, and I can see why Asa would be so mad. He's like, You could have had so much more. That guy you made a treaty with, you could have his whole army. Prophet reminds Asa about the principle of going all in. He says, The Lord is searching the earth for people who are all in. And when we go all in, we get peace, even in chaos supernatural peace, like what Jesus talks about, Paul talks about. It's a New Testament. It's not just a, a kingdom of God, Old Testament thing. It's a kingdom of God now thing too. Peace. That's the prize when we, when we ante up, when we go all in. When we rely on worldly fixes, we are usually just temporarily pushing problems down the line. When we rely on ourselves, we're probably starting a domino effect of more sin. The result uh, was clear for Asa; it will be clear in your life as well. If you if you stop trusting in God, if you forget the secret to true success, the result: no peace. That's a haunting line right there. What if God came down to you right now, and said, "You know, I'm looking at your life, and you just you're not engaged. You're not you're not with the kingdom." You're not with Jesus. And, and where's, the, where's the reliant prayer? Who are you relying on? So I hate to do this, but you know what? From now on, you will have wars. That's a sentence right there. That's a terrible sentence. And then we get to see just how far Asa had fallen with his cruelty, and it's his really his, his death death is a sad footnote to an amazing life. Okay, that's a pun. Is a, death, is a, okay. um, death is a footnote. Okay, um, let's close out. <laughs> that was, I see for a moment I was self-reliant and we all paid the price. Okay, um, as we close out here, the, the pattern that we see in Asa, it applies to individuals and to churches. It's not just about being a success. It's about having the right definition of success. Peace. When the peace is gone, you got to think, okay, something's missing. It's about achieving success in the only way that's approved by God, by being personally engaged and being reliant. Going all in. God is searching for those who will go all in. When his eyes stop on you, what does he see? I want you to pray about going all in. This week. This month, it's a decision, and I think we're at a point where we can we can make that decision. We're going all in. As individuals, we're going all in as a church. It's just an extension of the choice we already made to make Jesus Lord. If you haven't made that decision, if you haven't made the, made Jesus the Lord of your life, we've got an amazing Bible study series called Go With God. Anybody in the church can walk, that, walk you through that. Uh, it's so good. If you have made that decision, let this month be a a check-in for you. Am I still all in? Is Jesus still the Lord of my life? Or as I've grown grown older in my faith, has something else crept in there? Are we relying on money, experience, politics, worldly relationships? Those are the things that Asa went to like 3,000 years ago. Those are still the things we go to today. Our hearts haven't changed that much. Are you still personally engaged? Are you still praying with reliance? Are you all in? That's, that's it, brothers and sisters. You now know the secret to success. Let's go and be all in. Let's be all in individually. Let's be all in as a church, and we'll see the peace of God spread from this place and impact Lansing and beyond. Amen? Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Lansing Area Church of Christ. While we're happy to share this message via podcast, we'd love to pray and worship with you in person. To learn more about our services or to connect with us, please visit us at lansingchurch.org. Have a great week and go with God.